Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your seriously pointless conversations about all your nerdy and geek things throughout the ages. Today, I have the pleasure of having Jackie back on the podcast with me today. How you doing, Jackie? I'm awake. I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's mid, mid-January whenever we're recording this, so it's a little dreary outside. We actually had a little bit of snow last night. It wasn't uh, anything crazy, but I mean, it's the first snow of uh, winter, so I mean, that was nice at least. So, I mean, do you enjoy that? Yeah, I mean, it was actually the second or third. Is it the second or third time yeah. we've had snow? Maybe I just haven't noticed it all this that much. It was like... Maybe a couple weeks ago during the school day. It was anything it. anything of significance. How about that? That actually stuck. Yeah. For a little bit at least. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know let's talk about the weather some more. What do you think? Hmm? I'd rather not. You'd rather not? It's, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. So, I was wondering, since it's been a little bit since you've been on, what have you been up to? Um, You're talking about like... Uh, Anything, things. anything, Jackie, anything. I mean, besides working and eating and cleaning, um, I have been reading The Secret Garden, rereading that. Mm, sounds cool. Um, I found it on our bookcase and I, it's been a long time, I guess since I was like a child when I read it and I remember seeing a movie, but I forgot how much I liked it. So that's been nice to reread that, yeah. like a childhood classic. Yeah, we did that, and what did we watch last? We watched WandaVision last night. Yeah, finally. that's yeah. true. That was really good. Did you like that? I was kind of yeah, curious I to get your opinion on it. Because yeah. it was like like a goofy like Dick, 50s. Like Dick Van Dyke kind of looking thing. Yeah, almost. I enjoyed it. But then they would throw in like creepy little aspects that yeah. like this is not real or something. It's kind of like turned into the Truman Show a little bit, isn't it? Or something weird. Something weird like that, like something weird's going on. So I'm interested to see what they what they do. But yeah, um, yeah. So that's kind of like I've been doing that too. Um, that's what we did. You know, we did watched Wandavision last night. Haven't really playing a lot of games, honestly, all that much. But just been watching and, and absorbing a lot of television. I know I um watched uh, Hellboy Two: The Golden Army again because I've got to watch that for uh. Uh, the guys over at Not Your Father's podcast, they're, uh, Not Your Father's movie podcast, um, we're going to get together and hopefully do that one in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, or come sometime either we did it, well, by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be either um, right before or right after this episode comes out. So one or the other, we'll figure out whenever we'll figure that out. I don't know exactly when, but that was that was fun to kind of rewatch that. I'll, I'll spoil. I don't want to spoil it too much and throw all my all of my uh, what's the word? All my insights, good or bad, your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, my thoughts and my ideas to it. But talking about old properties that we haven't seen in a while, we haven't talked about early, even discussed ever in a while. Today, guys, we're going to be going over. Harry Potter and the well, Philosopher's Stone. If you want to be technical, it's the original title for it. But if you want, if you're an American audience, it's the Sorcerer's Stone, um, which is one of the many things they changed when it came over to the U.S. originally. But to start off this, I would like to begin with a quote or possibly a song, if you would. All right. Imagine you're in. A great hall of sorts with candles hanging from the wall, uh, from 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 the air, and you are just moving. <laughs> candles in, floating, floating above in your the air, head floating in the air. In, there you go. 
and and you are asked this is your first day ever being in hogwarts so and you're asked to all stand and you have to sing a specific song it's hogwarts hogwarts hoggy woggy wogwarts teach us something please whether we be old and bald or young with scabby knees our heads could do with filling with some interesting stuff for now they're bare and full of air dead flies and bits of fluff so teach us something worth knowing bring us back and what we forgot just do your best we'll do the rest and learn until our brains all rot <laughs> I just wanted to do that. That was like, well, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole book, honestly, that song. So I'm a very lyrically or uh, musically. Uh, I like to, I like, I like when, when people put lyrics in books, especially like, like Tolkien. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that really stuck with me, that yeah. song. So I had, a, I wanted to pull uh, that. There's actually a lot of songs and I rhymes know. in the book that didn't make it to the movie and all the books really. Is that's, that, that's not even in the movie, is it? No, that's not. really. I don't think they didn't put, I mean, I'd have to really meditate on it, no. but I think it's just, you know, they can only fill, they can't, they only have enough space, uh, enough time for so many things. And I think they just cut all that because it's just, it's extra. I know. So but I love it too. So let's, let's start with when, so this, a little bit before we get going into this, let's do this. They, the, the, uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which was originally published in the United Kingdom on January or June 26, 1977. 1997. 1997, sorry. Wow, I can't read very well right now. 1997, sorry. big sorry. difference. Big difference. Uh, by Bloomsbury. Uh, and like I said, it's a fantasy novel written by British author J.K. Rowling or Joanne Rowling. Uh, and it's the first novel in the Harry Potter, Harry Potter series. Uh, and it is focused on a young wizard who discovers the mag- magical uh, discovers his magical heritage on his eleventh birthday when he receives an acceptance letter to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, and then obviously hijinks ensue at that point. So, uh, so I was wondering, Jackie, what is you, what was your first uh, interaction with this mm-hmm. with this IP? Um. I mean, it was something like seventh grade. It was a long time ago. And I think that we eventually did buy the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at a book fair, actually, at our school. But Scholastic was probably the one that did it. That well, was- yeah, that's I have the book right here on the table. Yep. And it's Scholastic right on the front uh-huh. cover. Um, they actually ended up getting the that's 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 why Harry Potter is over here is because of Scholastic. Honestly, they got the right the publishing rights for it. Mm-hmm. That's why you. That's why a lot of um, school kids end up getting it. Ended up yeah. getting it. Well, and I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. Was because I know both my brother Stephen and I got into it. Um, and I mean, seventh grade. I was that was like 2001. Roughly, yeah. And probably. it was probably about that time I read it, and I remember some friends at school were reading it, and I just loved it. But I think the other big thing was, like, I was the same age as Harry in the book. Like, see, uh, I don't math very well, but seventh grade, you're 11? No, you're older than that. I don't. Maybe I read it, like, sixth grade. Whenever I would be 11, you do that math in your head, figure that out. Uh, let's see. Maybe so you're, if you were if you were in seventh grade, 
So you graduated high school when you were 18. So get a, get rid of four years. Okay. So that'd be eighth it's grade. It's not happening in my brain. You figure it out. <laughs> so 14, you would be roughly around 12. Yeah. 12 or 13, depending well, on when exactly you bought it. I think that I'd... Sh- it must have been sixth grade or whatever. I just know that I was 11 and I remember being really excited because it felt like he was the same age I was. And as the books came out, it was kind of like I was the same age as Harry and his friends. And it was almost, I think that's why all my friends that I got so into it because it's like, we could be there with them. That's what like we could be there. And, um, I do vaguely remember, I mean, I went to a Catholic school and I remember that uh, there were some parents who were (laughs) real against it because it's like, it's witchcraft and magic and it's going to teach the kids bad things. And then the librarian and the teachers were like, no, like this is uh, comparing it to other books that were in the library. And it's like, this is not going to subvert them. Um, but I still remember people flipping out about it and that was one of the nice things that I got to think about our school though. Like if they were smart enough to know that like, Hey, if, if, if this is a serious problem, we wouldn't like let you guys let let, let the kid wouldn't be in our library to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like we're going to throw a slaughterhouse five in there and let the kids and all the kids read it. You know, it's that's cause it, it, well, I mean, magic they were sensible. Has, and that's the one thing I, I do enjoy about living in Missouri is a lot of times you get um, a lot of time. <laughs> sometimes I would it, say from you would just say based on your experience, based on my that's experience, the best way to say it. Based, yeah, based on my experience and the people I grew up around and where I went to school, which is it's the same place as you went to school. Uh, I feel like the people that ran those those departments and within our school were sensible mm-hmm. and knew. Like the, Hey, Hey, you know, let's not freak out initially for it. Let's look at it and then make a decision. Well, and I'm pretty sure that the teachers, some of the teachers in the library and themselves read the book. And that's, that's honestly the best thing is you read it and then you can, that was, that was, that was Miss Meyer. Wasn't at the time. Yes. And, um, I mean, the only thing I was going to mention about that is like, I think, uh, magic it, it just to me it was always it's, it's a different world it'd still be like i can imagine being there but it's i yeah. understand this is a different world this is not you know it's where not i real. live and it's um magic has serious serious consequences and it's not like yeah. you know the fix all be all end all this god thing no it's like there are serious consequences to this um and they even really i thought kind of interesting from the get-go i would say like the book has some dark aspects like it obviously as the series goes on gets much darker but to start out the book in the beginning they're dropping off this orphan baby Mm -hmm. and then it's It's like kind of like a fire station kind of scenario like we're gonna drop it off yeah and as you find out it's like um yeah his family was murdered by a psycho you find that out later yeah you yeah you find it out later on and when you eventually do meet Voldemort in the end and it's like, yeah, this person is, this thing is insane. And, um, yeah, just the dark aspects. I even remember like when Voldemort is killing the unicorns in the forest and like that scene of mm-hmm. Harry seeing like, you know, the unicorn on the ground and this creature over it, drinking its blood. 
Yeah. And so, so like to have dark aspects like that in a book, it's yeah. scary, so, but it's like without going too much in it. Cause I know we're, we're, we're already hitting like the, the kind of themes behind it already about yeah. her making it a little bit more of a, uh, more of a young adult, almost I, uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I, IP. Um, but so do you remember? So let's, let's start with this a little bit. So JK Rowling, obviously she created the property. Um, so let's do a little bit of background on her. So she actually, whenever she was writing the book, um, she was actually, from what I from what I was reading, she was on a lot of, actually several uh, welfare programs. Because, yeah, I remember reading that yeah. too. She was really hard up and, um, and from had what a I was like, re- bad divorce. She had just had a really bad divorce. I think her husband like even admitted he's her ex-husband like yeah. slapped her in the face. Yeah. So there is some like, there was <laughs> kind some of like physical, dang. yeah, there was like straight up like domestic violence there. Yeah. So it, it was kind of interesting going off of that a little bit. Like once, once she started writing that she even moved, I think she even moved in with her mom for a brief amount of time. Like her sister, her sister, mom and her sister, mom and her sister. Yeah. It's like kind of, and it I was think, just her and her daughter, right? Yeah. It was her and her daughter. And is she needed help. And I think that was really a nice kind of thing that her parents were able to do. So you could, you can tell already that she definitely has that sense of, um, uh, maybe not the atomic family is not there and, and that it's okay to have kind of an augmented family, but a family nonetheless kind of thing in her, in her life. Um, and when you, when you kind of start to move into that, you notice, you know, you hear that, you know, eventually she gets a kind of couple, uh, secretary gigs working at, um, some, uh, local colleges and things like that. And then eventually she actually starts writing cause she gets an idea for this Harry Potter idea, you know, figure on like a train ride, um, going to work, I think, or to or from work. And she starts to write this and she ends up writing it over the course of like five years. So like many, like many, you know, you know, perfectionists, I'm sure she was like rewrites all kinds of rights before she even tried to submit it. And tons of publishers passed on this. And it's just amazing that so many people were going to go, were just like decided they were going to pass on all this. And actually it was funny. The only real reason from what I was reading that um, uh, Bloomsbury actually picked it up was because one of the editors had actually taken it home. And his uh, eight-year-old daughter actually got a hold of it, and she read it, and she said that it was quote so much better than anything else. Um, and and then he took it to his bosses, and they were like, "Oh, this is actually pretty decent." And they're like, "Well, we can try and put this out there." And when they initially published it, from what I was reading, was that it, it primarily went to libraries and to schools. And so that's where she got it, caught her beginning and they didn't think anything of it. Anything was going to come of it, but it blew up overnight apparently. Mm-hmm. And it won all kinds of awards while I was there. And that's when it kind of eventually came over to the U S it was roughly about five or six years after it had been in circulation in Britain before it came over. But it was just amazing. So why was in why was it in Britain? It, it, it won uh, British book awards and was judged uh, by other, uh, other literary um, uh, award panels, things like that. And that's when eventually, like I said, it, it can't, it actually hit the New York times bestseller list in August of 99, um, which is when it finally decided to come over to the U S was roughly, roughly about that time. So in the time that it's been out, it has been translated into 73 different languages. 
and has been made a feature-length film of the obviously of the same name, um, as well as six sequels. Um, do you know how many copies? Do you think how many copies do you think have been sold of this book? There's this one book, seventy-three billion or something, one hundred twenty million copies. <laughs> so it's it's amazing. So she is actually one of the first. Uh, I think they said she's a billionaire from selling either a billionaire or a millionaire well, from selling um i just looked I believe she's up. i think she's, she's a millionaire not a billionaire because she has given away too well, much to charity well, I know. So her I think status she, is like well, so i know i should millionaire yeah so what happened was she's actually so what i was trying to say is she's the one of the first writers to actually achieve billionaire status mm-hmm. from from her property from her essentially property. which is unheard of yeah. um but simply for the fact that she's just like basically pushed out her IP to on top of the just the just the books, audio books, video games, um, movies, comics, um, other uh, t- so many things, you know, merchandising out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can. But on top of that, she didn't really let it go to her head after she achieved, like you said, she achieved this, that she gave away so much. She's given away so much money. She gives away like 50% of what she makes. She doesn't hold on to it, which is kind of an interesting kind of idea just to start with. Like, would would you do be able to do that? I mean, I don't. I think I would probably give away quite a bit of my money, but I don't know if I'd give away half. That's a lot. I don't. I don't know. I, that would just be too much stress to worry about that too much, much money. I think so, at that point, you don't even watch your money. I think somebody else does it for you. Yeah, honestly. I, that's, I'm glad I, I don't know. I have no opinion on that. Really. No opinion on that. So, no. but so after she, she, so she created this, this, this uh, iconic book, this iconic property. So everyone knows it. All you have to do is see a pair of glasses with uh, like some hair and a little scar above it. And you automatically know what it looks like. You know who that is. A little lightning bolt scar. Everybody knows what that is. So getting into that. So <laughs> a let's, lot of people. I mean, I, I mean. That I have any connection to pop culture. I think you could literally show that just about anybody and they would probably know what that is. People honestly. who live in developed countries. There. Wow, you're just really just narrowing me down, aren't you, as much as well, you can? yeah, I don't think anybody's going to attack you for this, but her mom died, so she was living with her sister. No, Sorry, fine. back to Rowling. No, it's no big deal. That's why I said, I just, I just I I couldn't remember. Her, I knew it was something to do, like, she had a lot of tragedy, like, right, one thing right after another. Well, she that. worked for Amnesty International as a bilingual secretary, according to mm-hmm. Wikipedia. That's what I was saying. But that's, then there that's was, was a seven-year period after that when she... Because she got the idea for Harry Potter series when she was um, working there. But then there was a seven-year period. And the, it says her mom died. Her first child was born. She got divorced from her first husband. Yeah. And then she was living in relative <laughs> big, big mistake poverty. On so, what? It's a big mistake on his part, apparently. So. Yeah, well, it sounds like he was... <laughs> kind of a jackass. Yeah, he was Portuguese because yeah. she was living in Portugal teaching English when they met. And he, it sounds like he'd be, you know... Yeah, hit her so um, multiple a, times. So piece of shit. So I'd say yeah. Yeah. we'll just we'll just throw it <laughs> out. Probably there, not. So. Um, but yeah, no loss on her part. But so yeah, she she even out of all that adversity, it seems like she's she's done an amazing job for herself. I mean, she's actually gotten remarried from what I was I was reading as well. Yeah, I knew that. I'm, I don't um, know. And and, and she him. seems to be happy, you know, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but. 
let's before we kind of we're not really here to like dig into her life story. Let's I let's talk, talk about the book. Let's talk about her and not her 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 book. Yeah, this amazing, you know, first step into the the Harry Potter world or the Wizarding world. So. Do you want to give me a little bit of a synopsis? You don't have to go into everything, and I'll fill in some blanks. Just the first it. book, right? Yeah, just that's first book. We're not. We're, yeah, we're just, yeah. yeah, that's. There's, there's no way we're going to do all. You'd have to do an episode on each one and two episodes for the last one. Probably <laughs> is that what we're going to do? Or more, <laughs> but um, yeah, could, I guess synopsis. Hey, we, we could wise. we could do it like each. Um, we could do it chapter by chapter if you really wanted to. Some podcasts do that. That I. Well, I'm not prepared for that today. I'm not prepared for that no, any day. You'd have I don't to give think. me some time to research. Um, though I have reread the book, I think five times. The first yeah, one, I have read it quite a few times, if too, not know, a little yeah. bit more. And then I've re- reread it in Spanish because we now have the illustrated version in Spanish. Yeah, you got those um, for the so kid. I'm that's familiar that's with great, it. actually. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it begins like I mentioned a little bit before that. There, you know, Dumbledore is on Privet Drive Street. He uses the put outer to turn, you know, get the lights. He meets up with McGonagall. That's don't reference that YouTube video. (laughs) Hey, you Um, showed it to me. You were like, look at this. This is hilarious. Yeah. Like, what is this? But anyway, um, then, you know, McGonagall, the professor of transfiguration, she shows up. First as a cat, wow, then as you're, herself. You're, you're doing the whole nine yards, aren't you? You can do well, broad strokes if you want. Okay, I'm just trying to... Because, you know, Hagrid comes in there, he yeah. brings baby he's, Harry he's in the basket, him, but yeah. he's got the on his, motorcycle. On his magical motorcycle. It's not his. It was He borrowed it oh, from Sirius, Sirius yeah. Black, you know, who hints. So it, it I do up, like... ends up being his for a while. So. Well, yeah, I feel like even from the first book... Rowling has planned this out in such a way that she throws things in and then they come back. And that's the sign of like, this person has really like, she has a world built here. Um, You can see that. And um, it, uh, let's see, you end up after that chapter, then it's like, um, really, I guess it actually begins with um, Vernon Dursley. And um, his kind of just wife, being a jackass, really. I mean, yeah, you get to see how they are. They the Dursleys, of, who Harry's going to live with, they're horrible abu- people. Horrible people, constantly abusing Harry. Yeah, yeah, but they, yeah, and so then it's kind of like a little bit, a couple, you know, a few chapters of Harry when he's, you know, right before he's eleven with them because his cousin Dudley turns eleven first, and you know they go to the zoo and they kind of reference some strange things happen around Harry, like him making the glass disappear. Talks to a snake. Yeah. Things like that. And then, you know, you get into where Hagrid comes. It's actually quite comical with, um, uncle Vernon going insane, basically with the letters that won't stop coming. coming. Yeah. Coming through every orifice of the house. It's just like, yeah. And him like trying to, uh, prevent the letters from coming through well yeah yeah, but when they're trying to drive away and he's they talk about he's like (laughs) dudley says something like daddy's gone mad (laughs) and he's like driving around in circles and like they drive away and he's he's like shake him off shake him off and like going insane and they end up going to like a little deserted island thing shack yeah and that's where haggard finds them 
really freaks him out. But then Harry finally gets his letter and realizes, you know, he's been accepted to Hogwarts school, witchcraft and wizardry. And, um, that's when they get to go. And then, um, I guess, I mean, all that beginning stuff is really interesting and it sets up who the Dursleys are because they are a big part of the story and they keep coming back. Um, I mean, even throughout the whole series, I mean, you can just tell, even though you can kind of see like they, it kind of, they back off of it a little bit as you go out throughout them, throughout the, after a certain point in the, in the series. But then they bring it back because at the very end. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you find out kind of, I mean, God, what is um, Vernon's wife? Petunia. Petunia. Yeah. She is really bitter because I think, I she's mean, she wanted to be a witch too. Yeah. Well, she well, that's a sister her, you know, Lily mm-hmm. is her sister and she is actually uh what they would consider what they call a what I a non-magical family. She's there in a non-magical family and she becomes They're muggles. A, they're muggles and she becomes a witch. She has magical powers and I guess Lil, you know Petunia holds it against her and you end up finding out later on but yeah it's and they she kind of just is like she thinks it feels like it's a burden that Harry has come back and well, yeah into she their hates lives. him but it's like a yeah. a real thing of where Petunia really in her heart she wanted to be at Hogwarts too and yeah. she was crushed that she didn't she wasn't special like her sister. Well, I mean, um, honestly, who wouldn't want to have magical, you know, yeah, that, exactly. kind of that avenue? Because, but it's interesting. So after, you know, Hagrid comes and gets Harry, they go to one of the coolest places. And I love, this is one of those things that I love to death. Um, this is when she decide, describes, um, after they go to the, the, the Leaky Cauldron, stay the night, and they go to Diagon, um, Alley. Diagon Alley, which is amazing. And the way she just simply describes Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley. Can I just say it the way I want to say it? Is that okay? Am I, I not mean, I guess. To? I don't think J.K. Rowling is going to call you. I hope not. If she does, we got a serious issue. What's going on there? But anyways, they go to Diagon Alley, and it's just the way they describe all the shops and the people bustling and coming and going. And they go to all these little, uh, little uh, shops to get all their stuff. And that's where they actually meet one of their first characters. You meet... Um, Hermione Granger, don't you? In that, don't you find meet her in there? No, or is in the second one you meet no, her? No, she's in the train. They meet oh, her in they the meet train. her in the train, and then they meet. Okay, so I'm I'm getting the two mixed. I'm mixing. They up. don't actually in Diagon Alley. It's just Harry and, and Hagrid. Hagrid. That's they right. Okay, don't meet anybody really but Draco. For some reason, I keep thinking I kept on thinking that you saw Hermione and her parents briefly, like in in getting. You the might books. see them briefly, but they don't talk like. I mean, I would have to go back and check, but it's... You know, no, no, yeah, no, they definitely don't talk, but yeah. I don't know if they actually see each other or not, and, the, and like, get in their books and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't or, think... Or I think that's in a later maybe. book. Like, they do talk about meeting up with, you know, like, Hermione and her parents and Ron and his yeah. parents. Um, yeah. yeah, that's in the second book, I think, more than anything, but yeah. In the, Diagon in the- Alley is not really... In the first book, in the beginning, not to like set up characters, it's more just to help set up the world. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he's seeing because so he that's gets to go to something Gringotts. I want to say that like about this first book is that this this is this book is simply there to set up the world and like the the history of Harry Potter to so the you, characters and the characters, yeah, and because after that, after book basically two, I think really 
it really starts to like really go heavy into like the the back history of everything. Yeah, so like because well, that's book when three, you have serious black. Yeah, book three, book three is when you really start to get heavy into the history of stuff. But this book, like you said, they go to Ollivander's. You you know he gets the wand and you know Ollivander's like interesting. Guess, yeah, you know? they first go to I think they go to Gringotts first, so he can oh, get yeah, they his get, money. They get Gringotts and, and then that, they the wand when they're in the they little minecart thing, and that's Good that's hook. all setting up yeah. how. They have to go past the one vault and get the little brown, the little tiny package yeah. in the brown paper. And then Harry's like, what is that? And Hagrid's like, rrr, rrr, don't talk about it. Yeah. You know, find out that's the, the, the philosopher's yeah, stone. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Harry sees like his, his vault full of money and just more money than he's ever seen or imagined. And yeah. it's just like, whoa. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I kill. I still keep thinking of that YouTube video. It's just bullets. <laughs> yeah, if he's, I don't know if anybody's even interested. It's awful waste of time, but there's a thing on YouTube, Harry Potter with guns, and that's what David is referencing. It's so dumb, but it's so funny at the same time. I saw time. it the other night and was like, oh, look at this. And it's like, oh, it's just somebody who's very, very badly. It's, well, they actually did a fairly good job, but like photoshopped it. It's, it's not as bad guns. as the, uh, it's not as bad as the Toby Maguire's Darth Maul video I saw the other day. That sounds like It fun. was pretty bad, but it's funny. Anyways, so obviously he goes through Diagon Alley and he gets all the record, you know, you know, the required, uh, items for school yeah he's got his school supply list and they're getting all that and he stuff. stays at the he cauldron for a few days doesn't he while he's no in- haggard takes him back because he has to stay with the dursleys until it's oh, time to go because okay. i could remember his not. birthday is in i don't remember like just a few days i know it's not very long yeah that well they talk about his his birthday but school doesn't start until maybe like september or something and so Hagrid has to take him back. Yeah, crack it open, Jackie. Crack and open the book. I know. I'm looking. But Hagrid takes him back to um, say, you know, well, you got to stay with them the dirt until it's yeah. time. And if there's and any it's, problems, you it, just let me know. Yeah. And they're like terrified of Harry. Yeah, the whole time. They, they they just try and avoid him as much as possible. Yeah. I know this well, they give him like a... <laughs> They give him the spare bedroom that had been used for Dudley's Dudley's extra extra toys and like all the stuff he broke. And then they give it to Harry and they like don't they won't eat with him and they avoid him and they like leave plates outside the door and stuff and just ignore him because they're afraid. Harry's actually like, I kind of like this. (laughs) Yeah, I think. Well, according to the book, he was with it was a whole month. Yeah. September the 1st is when. Wow. So it's actually a a lot longer than I thought. Well, yeah, because I remember that because they don't talk about it a whole lot because it's just basically Dursleys are terrified. So. It's like, why? That's okay. They're terrified. <laughs> well, we people. don't need to go into this. It's they just, deserve to be terrified. Dursleys are scared. Harry's bored. End of story. September 1st. <laughs> now we get to go. Pretty much. And so he gets, uh, I think it's Uncle uh, Uncle uh, Vernon, Vernon takes, him, takes him, him to the station, to the station. and laughs at him. Because he's like, what? Where are you? What Platform you, nine and three quarters. Yeah, what ha, ha, good luck. And then leaves him. Yeah. And Harry's is like, well, yeah. And then uh, luckily he, this is where he runs into one of his first of his lifelong pals, uh, the Ron Weasley, which is a, he's part of the Weasley clan, which you can be, you can tell him how does Draco describe it? It's you see them. Uh, they're all Some handy. wizarding families are better than others. You yeah. don't want to go making friends with the wrong sort. I can help you there. 
Yeah, but he he sees them. They all have red hair, freckles, and hand-me-down clothes. And more children than they can afford. Yeah, that's what he says. It's like super snooty, but it's like it's one. Of, it's just really funny though. So you can tell that Mrs. Mrs. Weasley, like the brief like bit you have in there, is like she's like what you would call I would call consider like super mother. Yeah, like she's like I I am here for all my children, and like she sees Harry kind of like. Just he's uh, he's there with oh. his cart with the owl and his yeah. trunk and he's looking lost, confused, and scared. Like a sad little puppy somewhere. Well, he actually follows them. I'm pretty sure because he hears them talking. Because Miss Weasley says something about full of muggles, and he hears that, and he's like, "Oh gosh!" So he follows them, and he's trying to see how they get onto the platform, but it's like it just happens too fast, and the kids yeah. just disappear. Well, it's kind and of that's like when he runs up heard, and asks I remember, her for help. It, it's kind of like a glamour because it's supposed to be like as you hit the wall, it's supposed to like make like people aren't supposed to notice you go through the wall. So yeah. it's kind of like two parts. So it's like it's a it's a entrance into. The, the platform nine three quarters, but it's also kind of a a a glamour so that people don't won't just like randomly walk into it because yeah, isn't exactly. it like he talks about it's she talks between it, the platforms nine and ten and it's just like the brick wall yeah. and, and she, you walk and through she, it yeah and she talks about it in the book I think I remember it's like like as you notice you're like as muggles start to walk towards it they like somehow just like almost feel like veer away veer away from it so they don't go near and it's kind of an interesting concept and she does little things like that and just kind of i just love to death so but anyway so he gets onto the platform and he ends up uh eventually hopping on the trip express and this is where he meets a whole cast of claire characters hermione and he meets neville Mm -hmm. to neville's looking for the toad and that's how hermione comes about because neville's just wandering around looking for his toad Lost Toad, and then Poor eventually Hermione comes back with him and is like, has anyone found a Toad? Like, she's honestly, I love Hermione. I mean, she's overbearing, but it's well, I mean, like, that's how I was. I was and so say, I basically still kind of that way. So fun fact, J.K. Rowling, she actually uh, considers herself, she says, I, um, I connect more with Hermione Hermione than any other character in the book. So that's, that's how she says that. She says, that's my character. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really funny. Yeah. I love Hermione. She's my favorite. So obviously um, Hermione sits down and she kind of like, just kind of plops herself in there with them. I remember. Well, yeah. Cause Ron's um, this is one part that it's I'm like, pretty sure they took kind of directly from the book, but yeah. Ron was going to, turns scabbers his rat yellow, yellow. and then she's like the, oh are you doing magic yeah and he tries the spell and, and then nothing, nothing happens, happens. <laughs> it's like Shri- sunshine daisies buttermellows turn the stupid, stupid fat, fat rat, rat yellow, yellow. And, and nothing, then nothing happens. happens and hermione's like is that a real spell it's not very good is it and she's like i've only <laughs> done a few tricks myself but then she repairs harry's glasses and yeah. it's like whoa um and I think Draco makes an entrance too with Crab and Goyle. No, I don't think they run into him until they get to the get to the uh, school. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think they run into him. They get to the school because once they get to the once they get off the train, they get they go through the the, the train. They get on to uh, Hagrid gets them all once they on get the off the boats. train and they get on the boats and then they float up into their. Into the into like into the, the into the in, under part of the school, and yeah. then he takes them up. That's where they meet Professor McGonagall from earlier, yeah. right? 
And whenever they're in there, she's like, hey, you know, you're all going to be sorted. I'll be right back. And then that's when you meet the little shit stain who is Draco Malfoy. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, you get to like officially know his name and see, that's the thing is like, it's just, uh, oh, good old Draco. He has his redeeming qualities near the end, but he's pretty terrible. He's a good, I mean, he's easy to hate and his purpose is pretty obvious um, from the get go. Oh yeah. I mean, he's supposed to be, you know, the, the primary, you know, not really the primary bad guy. He's supposed to be the antagonizer for Mm -hmm. Harry at the school, as opposed to like just being pure evil, which is what Voldemort is. And you find that out. He's the, he's the bully. And, uh, I mean, it's, and so he is the bully and whatnot. Yeah. But do you want to explain the, the sorting hat, which is what they, they deal with next? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I think another reason that this book is so popular with children and how it was so popular with me is because there's the four houses and, um, you know, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin, and each right. house has different aspects, different yeah. history. Yeah, and they all they kind have, of... They come from the four founders of Hogwarts. Yeah. Salazar, Slytherin, Godric, Gryffindor, Ravina, Ravenclaw, and Rowena, Ravenclaw, Rowena, Ravenclaw, and Helga, Hufflepuff. Yeah, but it, um, I mean, it's interesting. It's kind of like that's how you're sorted with that group of people. That's your class essentially, and you have to you you um, celebrate your successes together and your failures. Like you have to work together as a team. Um, and I mean, I just remember everybody at school like, well, I want to be this one. I want to be this one. No one wants to be Slytherin except for my friend, um, Laura, would like laugh about it. Like, yeah, I'm a Slytherin. And more just like, because nobody wants to be Slytherin. That's well, why yeah, I'm But I mean, one. there are some, there are, it's funny, like you have these stereotypes about all the houses and you end up finding out like some people that are like, you find out uh, Slughorn later on in, in later on the books, who's a professor. He was a he was a Slytherin. Yeah, and he's actually a you know a very polite, nice guy. A little he's ambitious, yeah, but like a lot of Slytherins are. But at That's the same, why. but uh, I mean, it's it's funny how like even though you can find there are what was the thing there were like there are um, there are it was a, it was a, it was a meme I saw earlier. So just remember that no matter who you are, there you know there are always. Um, what was it? Cowardly Griff- Gryffindors, um, dumb Ravenclaws, uh, or no? It was it was it? Um, uh, what was the thing? Was it uh, uh, am, uh, not, not ambitious Slytherins? But it basically had an, an anti like what you thought that person was supposed to be for their their house. Like they had, but they had like apparent because apparently or and like they had like and and um, stupid. Uh, uh, Hufflepuffs, which I think it like they had um who was the one professor? Gildor Lockhart. He was actually a Hufflepuff or a, a Ravenclaw, one of the two. I can't remember what it was. But it's just like so it goes to show like just because you're in a specific house doesn't mean just that you are gonna have the, the primary you're going quality to have all the qualities. Of all the qualities of them. So yeah. It's just really interesting to kind of look at. But so anyways, you know, Harry they 
he yeah. keeps thinking throughout the whole thing. The big part about this is that they, she puts into the book is like he actually physically thinks not in Slytherin, not in Slytherin. Well, because he's been told like, like this is where all the bad wizards come yeah, from. Yeah, there hasn't been a bad wizard yet that didn't come from Slytherin. Like yeah. every bad wizard, like and that was hears, their house. He hears the the Sorting Hat's voice, and he's like talking. Well, yeah, they, talking to him. Well, know. they put on the hat. Yeah, because I don't know how much detail you want. No, it's okay. I would imagine most. People who are listening to this would be familiar with Harry oh, Potter, yeah. but You'd it's like so. this old nasty hat. Yeah. They put on your hat. Patched and, and then it, you know, thinks for a while and then it yells out which house which you're house in, yeah. you are sorted into. So yeah, that's kind of what it does. And then and then after that, he ends up going to the common rooms for the first time and he meets the yeah, obviously meets the, mm-hmm. the, the protector of the Gryffindor common rooms, the fat well, lady. Yeah. Do you want to mention that when the sorting hat the the foreshadowing when the sorting hat says, "Well, not Slytherin, a eh? like you could you do great, do, you could do great, great things, things there. Like you would fit in very well." And Harry yeah. just keeps like whispering to himself, "Not Slytherin, not Slytherin." And the yeah. hat is like, "Oh well, if you're sure, then it's Gryffindor." Yeah, and but then, that's links to a. Can I say my favorite quote? Sure. From the books because that's actually something that references it. Um, gosh look it up so I can say it right. Cause I always say it wrong. It's what Dumbledore says. He says, it is our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. Yep. That's my favorite quote from the book. And that's from early on referencing that as Harry chose to be in Gryffindor, yep. not in Slytherin. That's really cow. It's, and it's funny. It's like, almost makes you think just like, do you really even have a, do you, does it really choose for you or do you choose for, you know? Yeah. Do, do you make do, the choice make or the does choice? it, well, and who knows? Cause we only get to hear from Harry's perspective. They yeah. don't talk about what it does for anyone else. Yeah. You never know from anybody else's like, you know, experiences and things like that. So it's just kind of one of those interesting kind of concepts, but mm-hmm. anyways, so, you know, moving right along, you know, they, they, they go to the common rooms and that's when you kind of start to go through the classes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of see is like without spoiling everything for everybody, um, the whole book, um, you get Harry kind of moves into, uh, he starts to do all these misadventures, moves into the classrooms, you meet the other teachers, like you, you could, uh, you could uh, go through Professor Flitwick's classroom, Snape's classroom, McGonagall, McGonagall, uh, you get to do the Professor the broom, Sprout, the broomstick, oh, Madam Hooch, Madam Hooch. Which I don't know why she, why isn't she considered a, a professor? She teaches them how to ride brooms, which seems like that's an essential um, skill sometimes. Well, that's a that's a good question. I don't know that they really delve into Madame Hooch at really. all. Like she's, she's not she maybe all, is a professor. I don't know. All I know is she like they looks, just call she her. She kind of seems like more one of the more badass teachers <laughs> in, in the movies. At least she seems like yeah. Well, because like whenever she's in there, she's got like the spiky hair, and she's just like ah, like I've got gloves. Yeah, I'm going to fly. And like, I'm just like okay, yellowish eyes. Yeah, um, like kind of like, like a hawk. Kind of almost. I like, think yeah. they reference that. Yeah. Um, but it's just really interesting. Like as you go through, you meet all these different professors, and you can kind of figure out their dynamic with Harry. Like mm-hmm. 
McGonagall peripherally kind of has a um, standoffish kind well, of. Yeah, she's just like the traditional, like very strict teacher, teacher yeah. like my favorite ever. Yeah. I love her. And then, um, you, then you kind of run into obviously like uh, uh, Professor Snape who. Automatically hates Harry. Well, yeah. And then you don't really understand why. why. But you end up finding out, obviously finding out later on. It's the literally just the connections and finding out that it's literally just him just displacing his hatred onto Harry from past from experiences with Harry's his parents. dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, and have we mentioned how Harry was, I mean, the legend, right? Yeah. So, so he, he gets, you know, that's, that's how the dynamic you have in there. Like everybody in that first year of school, everyone has this kind of shock and awe around Harry that, you know, he's the boy that lived and this lightning bolt scar. He's on the his only head. one that ever survived when, you know, Voldemort tried to kill him. And he's the only one that's ever, he's killed, Voldemort has killed everybody else that, that he basically came and set into, his mind to anyone mind he to, decided yeah. to kill. They died killing. except yeah. for Harry, except for Harry. He and survived you don't know the, why he survived the Avada Kedavra curse, which is yeah. the death curse. Well, and it's, there's something that ref that's referenced to that. Oh gosh. I'm trying to, I think Dumbledore mentions it maybe mm-hmm. and not maybe in this book, but later on how, like, why was, why did they choose to have Harry stay with the Dursleys? Yeah. Why didn't Harry they get to stay in that. the magical they world? They talk about that later. They don't I ever, think so. They don't go over that, I believe, until the third book. I don't remember when. I just remember that because Dumbledore says, think about what it would yeah. have done to this child to have him raised as a celebrity. Yeah. That's Well, because that's what they start talking about in the third book, where they kind of start to get into that, because Harry's kind of like, they kind of start to go over the, the, the enchantment that protects him from... Uh, Voldemort because he goes there and and the reason you know obviously is that is because you know he stays with his his, his family um, and then I think they go over it a little bit more but they, they, they well start to go I, and, and I don't remember specifically book. I don't know that it's really important of what book they start talking about that but it's yeah he's got the protection by being with the family but also I think it's just a good point of how the fact that he was raised basically as a nobody just as a normal person and really sadly i don't think it was their intention they didn't realize the dursleys would be so hateful to him but it turned him into a very humble person and so when then he does come into all of this fame he's just kind of like uh what and so it's it's just kind of amazing to think about what how different it could have been if he had been in the wizarding world and oh, yeah, he might have befriended someone like Draco Malfoy, whereas he, been, he would have been a straight up like child star. Yeah. Like, well, in, like, and, in a warped view of reality. Exactly. But so he, you know, then his friends is, you know, Ron Weasley, like yeah. a very, very poor kid. Like, he doesn't who's think anything- just kind of like a nobody, but, like he and Ron like hit it off immediately. And it's, yeah. it's just kind of nice that you get to. Well, just a prime example of that. Like you said, that first, the first encounter that he has with Ron is on that train when Ron mm-hmm. moves and sits into the, into the uh, compartment with them. And they like go, the trolley's going by with all the snacks and everything. Oh yeah. And Ron's like, I'm okay. I've got sandwiches. And then, mm-hmm. but Harry's just like, I'll take the lot. And he literally buys you know, a ton of stuff. Yeah. And, they t- and I remember in the it. book. Well, and I remember in the book, like, it says that Harry had never had anyone to share food with before. Yeah. He was just so happy because he'd never had a friend that he could, yeah. he said he'd never had money to buy stuff. Now he has money and he actually has someone to share it with. And so it's, um, it's kind of a nice thing. Yeah. It's like, but and all at the same time, he doesn't really flaunt it and like throw it in his face. He's just, no, like, I hey, feel like know? he's, 
he, um, I mean, even for being an 11 year old, his spirit, his experiences with the Dursleys, it's like, you know, and I guess kids take things in different ways, but it's, I guess to him, it's all just kind of shocking this new world, but also, a you know, brand new opportunity versus what he, he would have been going to, I think like Stonewall public high school and yeah, it's like Petunia had dyed Dudley's old clothes gray for his uniform. Yeah. And they were like three XLs. Yeah. Like we're not going to pay <laughs> the money to give you the new clothes for like basically a, a public school. That's like, like for like, uh, what, what is it for? Like they, they said it was delinquents and other people basically. They couldn't yeah. Places. Well, and it, that. that's just, <laughs> I think just their attitude for anybody that wouldn't go to, it's funny. Um, is it smeltings? Yeah. Smeltings. I think smeltings is the school that, boy. that Dudley gets to go to where they have a stick yeah. that like part of their uniform and this little like goofy straw hat and like with the stick they beat each other when no one's looking but that's not really relevant at all to this first book it's just it's interesting part of developing the characters and like dudley is just a little spoiled brat and well he's a little piggy (laughs) yeah i know thank you hagrid from from hagrid so but yeah so as as you go through this and you meet all these like you know complimentary characters for the books you find that, you know, Harry definitely has like a certain dynamic and he kind of has a penchant for being in the wrong spot at the, at the right time kind of thing. In the wrong place at the wrong time. No, it's definitely in the wrong place at the right time because it's like the troll. The troll could have caused all kinds of havoc, but he goes down there and he actually ends up saving her. Hermione. Hermione, yeah. So, you did, you know, setting that up, that happens on Halloween yeah. and there's a big party in the Great Hall and that... Harry and Ron are talking and they're walking out of class and Ron is basically saying like, Oh my gosh, who could even stand her? Like she is is so obnoxious. Yeah. They're not friends yet. They're not friends yet. And Hermione is right behind them and she hears it and she just rushes off and Ron's like, Oh, and Harry's like, I, okay. I don't well, know. You I have, have to have tripod. It has to have three, three legs, legs to stand up. You can't have two legs. Two legs will just fall over on your face. <sighs> anyway, do you want me to continue? <laughs> yeah, Cody, you're just like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Don't be dumb. It's <laughs> <laughs> life advice. Um, but yeah, so Hermione, everybody else is in the Great Hall enjoying the Halloween banquet. Yeah. This is after the class, after she's run away crying. And then um, the Professor Quirrell comes running in and is like, mm-hmm. troll, troll in the dungeon. <laughs> and yeah. in the movie says something very confusing that I never really could understand. Thought you uh, should know. Yeah, but he says like, I said you should know. And he like trails off. So it it's passes like, out. I'm like, I, I couldn't mean. understand what he was saying um, for years. I would always rewatch that. Like, yeah. what did he even say? But um then Harry, I think it's Harry, looks at Ron and is like, Hermione, she's down, she's di- yeah. down in the girl's bathroom. And so then they run to go, um, you know, save her. And of course, like the troll comes into the bathroom and yep. poor Hermione has just been sitting in there sobbing yeah, like, and then walks quiet. out and oh my gosh, there's a troll. Yeah. And then they have that, you know, the little fight. they sequence. fight it. And, yeah. um, don't they sh- doesn't like one of them shove like his wand up, up the its troll nose. nose? I think yeah. Ron does that. Well, I th- Harry does that. Harry jumps yeah. on the troll, 
and around its neck. And he's the one that shoves his wand up its nose. And I think, and, and again, it's funny because this is one where I actually, the movies are okay. I'm not a huge fan, but I really liked the first movie. And so even so, though I've read the book like five times, I've seen the movie a lot. So you're talking too. about the one that's the one, the first one of the first one that Christopher Columbus did, correct? Yes, okay. I, the the Sorcerer's Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. And so, in my mind, sometimes it gets mixed as to what happened in the book versus what happened in the movie, because I feel like they were really similar. But um, Ron had been practicing that Wingardium Leviosa trick in and Flitwick's it, it class, working, and he could yeah. never do it to like make something levitate, and he uses it. Um, on the trolls club and it works and then the club is floating up in the air and then it falls and hits the troll on the head and knocks it out yeah and then after that event it's like you know the snape i think comes rushing in first and they notice he's got blood on his leg yeah his leg is all like bloody they're thinking oh he tried to go down because he tried to get past the three-headed dog because they've already discovered discovered that by accident yeah um, but yeah, they, uh, that, that's when they start to suspect Snape is after the sorcerer's stone, the philosopher's stone. But then after that point, the three of them are basically bonded. And I think in, I do remember in the book, the end of that chapter, um, Rowling writes something like, you know, there aren't many things that will bond you with someone like taking on a, you know, like 18 foot mountain troll or something like that. Normal people would be like, and it's like, you know? Yeah. And it's like, so that after that event, the three of them are all like best friends and it sets up your tripod. That's right. Anyway, the freaking tripod. Do you want to talk about like, how much summary do you want? Do you want to talk about fluffy and let's go to the end. So like, obviously, you know, well, let's let's, say what's okay. Wait, Quick little summary. So essentially, okay. you know, obviously they do, um, they get, they get some detention for, for being out of bounds, uh, at one point and they go to the forbidden forest, mm-hmm. which is where they run into, they run into, um, Voldemort the Voldemort first time, the first time, but they don't know it's him at first. They well, just I think Harry figures it out because he has that intense pain in his scar. Yeah. And that's when, now this is something that, that changed in the movie. This, yeah. well, the centaurs come in in the movie. I think that's just like one centaur and they, in the book, it's like more of them are talking, but in the centaurs actually talk about like the prophecy kind of with Harry um, to him. And it's Firenze. It's the way that you say Florence. Yeah. Frenzy. I would not call him frenzy. Firenze. Firenze, that's how you pronounce it's that's what Florence is in Italy. That's how you say it in Italian. I'll take your Firenze. word for it. But I think Firenze, I don't know that they actually even say his name in the movie. Cause I think all that kind of got cut. The other big thing, sorry, that got cut. I don't know. Do you, can I mention Peeves? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. yeah. I totally mean, should. he's so annoying, but he's not in the movies at all. And not it's the, kind of, not the first. he's not in any movie. No, really? No, he's Are not. I swear. Way? No, he's oh, not wow. in any movie. You check it out. He's not why, there. I wonder why they took, cut him out of those. Well, they cast an actor, and I actually did look into this one time because I was bored. They cast like a raunchy British comedian. Was mm-hmm. He got cast as Peeves, and he filmed some scenes, and they, they still paid him, but they cut all that stuff. And he said that he 
the comedian took his like kids to see yeah. the movie and he wasn't and he all. told them that he was Dumbledore or something yeah. and they were like wow dad yeah it was something like that where and he said it was the best job he ever did because he um he got the oodle but he wasn't in the movie <laughs> the oodle yeah so Love like it. he got paid but he yeah. didn't even show up in the movie uh, which yeah, and I was always like, I hate peeves. Like you're supposed to, but it's yeah. it's just interesting. It's like, man, like why'd they get rid of him? But I guess it's just too much filler, too much. Yeah, I mean, you can only put something so much into the movies because I was so like kind of jumping the jumping the ship on the book a little bit. So the movies are only like the first one's only like an hour and a half, maybe hour yeah. forty five minutes. So it's not very long. So you can imagine putting in what like nine hundred pages or something like that. No, no, no. The first few books were only like two to three hundred pages. I think it's more than that. No, I, I, I can think. get the book and show you. I had it down here the other day. It's only like two hundred. That pages. doesn't seem. Right, no, but. the page numbers. You're thinking about the third book got a little bigger. The fourth one was big, and then the fifth one was huge. Sixth yeah. one a little bit smaller. Seventh one like. Fairly big. But yeah. yeah, the first few books were only like 200 or 300 pages. They weren't that big. And that's just, maybe they just really cut a lot because I just think, kept on thinking there were a lot more than that. But, but, but I mean, still, even with, even if it was, even if they are only like two to 300 pages, that's still a lot of material. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. And that's the thing is like with a book, you can, I tend to prefer the book versions over the film versions of most things. Well, obviously, I mean, because it's your imagination over exactly, you know, yeah. film something somebody else's imagination. Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah, so. which is like that's probably the biggest thing that disappointed me about the films, and actually one reason that I really am trying not to watch any of the Cormoran Strike like TV show because yeah. I have in my mind what those what characters like. look like, and I don't want to be forced into a box of, well, this is what they're like. Because now when I think of Harry Potter, I think of Daniel Radcliffe and, and it's just kind of inevitable. And I remember talking in school, like our teachers thing made us have discussions about, well, think about, you know, would it be better to just have the books? Cause then you imagine everything. But if we give you a movie, this is how everything looks and this is how yeah. it happened. And that's what, that's the one of the greatest things about, you know, having, you know, books and literature and the fact that is that you let your imagination run wild, even if the author is very descriptive, like, you know, say J.R.R. Tolkien or Rowling for that mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. You still have, there's still things that they're not going to, you know, talk about, you know, they might have a picture of the, the character in their mind or whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. character it may be. Yeah. Because you might think they look a little slightly different than say what it looks like on the cover or how they describe them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, and that's kind of what I like about, you know, literature is it kind of lets your mind mm-hmm. run, run wild a little bit, but yeah, it, it's, it's, that's why I prefer, I obviously, even though I listen to more audiobooks and I do actually like reading, mm-hmm. um, but you're still essentially reading. It's you're the not same, watching it's the same concept. So it's nice though. Oh. I, I enjoy it. But as opposed to like, you know, here's a prime example is it's, it's listening to the Harry Dresden file books and then mm. watching that pilot. I'm like, <laughs> I the, never watched the, the sci-fi show. It was awful. Well, it yeah, it made me so mad. That's I why just, I kind of don't want them to do anything with Dresden because now there's been almost seventeen books, yeah. and so I have very much in my mind of yeah. who everybody is. Well, I had this discre- this uh, this conversation with uh, Vito on our Hellboy episode um, about how they would proceed with like doing that IP. Because one, you know, they've done the two movies, which I, I enjoyed them, but I didn't like, I wasn't thoroughly impressed by them. I liked, I enjoyed them. 
You're talking about the Hellboy. The Hellboy. So like Hellboy. Right. If they were to move forward, I would love to see it in like either a um, animation or something like that. Something mm-hmm. they could really just like elaborate on or maybe just do a series of say obviously comic but more comic yeah. books which is what he's doing mm-hmm. now or just do it in like novel form because yeah. there's some stuff like even in that there are Hellboy novels and I think it's what J.K. Rowling has really kind of found out is as opposed to making more movies which she did with the Fantastic, the Fantastic Beasts the Fantastic Beast series but at the same time she has put in she has filled in a lot of the world on her own and yeah. also let um let fans essentially fill in a little bit more mm-hmm. of the world on their own too. Well, and I think which is great. even just the fact that she created this framework, because that was the thing that just to imagine living in that world and that I think she just did a very good job world building. Like it was very exciting yeah. as a child to read that. And I still very much enjoy it. And so many of my adult friends do. I feel like that's something that, well, that's how you know it's something sticks is whenever yeah. you can get kids, children, and then adults as well to get yeah. into a, pro- a property. That's that's just, mm-hmm. you hit gold there. Well, I guess the adults I'm talking about are people my age that grew up reading it. So I well, think and we, also, that's what I'm saying is too, we is remember like, it for nostalgia. We'll remember value. whenever we were kids. I mean, their parents, there were parents that read these books, but yeah. now there are people that are our age that read them when they're kids. I mean, there's how many books have you read when you were a kid that you don't really go back to and read? Well, that's a good question because we had accelerated reading. So I, read a ton of books. I mean, this goody two shoes. Well, I got to get, I, to the pizza I enjoy party. reading. I got to do the pizza. party. I didn't care about that crap. Don't lie. Yes, you did. You no, I never party. got to go to the pizza party. <laughs> I never right. had that many points. Because James always knocked you out. I know. Well, exactly. <laughs> Loser. Um, <laughs> Loser. I'm kidding. No, he's a smart kid. You should be that way. Let's strive exactly. for it. But so, should but yeah. we get back to the synopsis of no, Harry we'll, Potter? We'll get, we'll get there. But so like, obviously you get, you get these these uh, great ideas, and she kind of really flushes it out. And, mm-hmm. and it's like you said, it's that framework. Yeah. And she really does this by tying in, in this first book. She does an excellent job of bringing it together, especially whenever they finally get to the uh, the trial. I call them trials or the tests, as they were whenever they go to get the philosopher's stone. Oh yeah. It. And essentially, it's they have to use their wits together to try and get past all these trials. Yeah, that's a very good point. And that's the thing is she uses this, this framework as as a starting point for the whole series eventually. Mm -hmm. And it's, it ends up being that Harry, Ron and Hermione, they depend upon each other. Yes. And, And, and every single book, if something bad is going on, they lean on each other. Mm hmm. And that's, and it's, it's a friendship and it's a thing that she really, really tries to sink home. Even when Harry and Ron get pissed off at each other. Oh yeah. You get point. through the, they I get, they get suppose it. we would call them the emo stages of the book. Absolutely. We'll call I it remember the, the fifth and the sixth stage. book, especially yeah. a lot of depression. Or like and whenever, angst. and then they flip it and Harry and Hermione and her Harry, Ron, Harry and Ron get pissed off at Hermione because she's dating Victor Crumb. Then the point. fourth book. In the fourth book. Yes. It's like they get they get past that stuff eventually. Yeah. You know? Just well, like it's part all of like growing do. up. Yeah, and, all friendships um, do, you know. Well, and you mentioned the Philosopher's Stone. I guess we should we didn't even talk about what that was. So okay, the Sorcerer's so Stone, we should sor- probably sor- say stone, the what that stone. does. So essentially what basically the concept is in the book is that the Philosopher's Stone is used to make a uh 
the elixir of life. The elixir of life, which is immortality, which is created by Nicholas Flamel. Nicholas Flamel, who is actually, fun fact, did you know that he was a graduate of, um, not Durmstrang, Beaubaton? So, yeah. So, I know that now. Yeah. I got bored. I went down a rabbit hole while I was researching this. There's some really fun stuff about the other wizarding <laughs> schools. If you guys want to watch a really cool video on YouTube, a uh, guy goes over the, uh, I believe it's the seven major wizarding schools in the world. Oh, some, you s- I've seen part of yeah, that. That was really cool. The Japanese school. There's a Japanese one and African yeah. one. There's a lot of really cool, mm-hmm. cool places. But anyways, getting back. So, this is what they're going after. So the whole point of this is, is that uh, Vold or um, uh, Nicholas Mel, who was a friend of Dumb- Dumbledore's, has given him the Philosopher's Stone because he, he wants knows him to safeguard it. To safeguard it, because Voldemort, he got through. Yeah, he got word that Voldemort is coming after it to try well, and get his life back. Essentially, do because I don't remember exactly. Do they say that in those words? Like, Not necessarily. I think that it's, it's, impl- more... it's implied that, like, hey, this we need to safeguard this because. Uh, you know, I know I heard kind of whisperings that, you know, something that, bad could happen. If, bad could happen you know, or something. Somebody... Somebody's after. I don't know exactly who. And they're not really they just don't know exactly who it is. But you end up finding that it's it's, it's Voldemort, Voldemort going after mm-hmm. it. So well, and so he thinks, you know, besides Gringotts, um, Hogwarts is the safest place to store well, something. If you, if you don't think Gringotts is safe, I mean, obviously, Hogwarts would be the second, I guess. That's Hagrid mentions that, yeah, and that you know, you know, Hogwarts is a very safe place, supposedly. It's I mean, you, you can't apparate on there. Very dangerous place, and so um, yeah, so they've got the Sorcerer's Stone, and they're safeguarding it. And it's early on in the book where Harry has the um, invisibility cloak. Do they have that yet? When they're out sneaking around the school, um. and that's when they accidentally get into the I think I no. don't I don't believe so. I think it's in the second book that they get it. No, no. He's got the invisibility oh, cloak in the first, uh, first book because I just read okay. that. Okay. I was kind of skimming. Um I think oh, they something get the, they get the Marauders map in the second one. That's what in the third one. In the third one. Okay. I knew there was I, need, I, knew there I was need to a, give you an outline. So you I can, do, yeah. I can't remember but, it all kind of runs together at some point. Yeah. Um, it does well, be honest, I so. think essentially hijinks happen, but I feel like it, Neville is Neville can never remember uh, the password. Poor Neville. And he's no. like, it's the middle of the night and he's like outside of the Gryffindor common room because he can't remember the password to get in. And mm. um, Harry and Ron and Hermione end up getting out there with him and then they can't get back in. Yeah. And so, cause the fat lady has just left her portrait yeah. cause you know, the pictures move. And so the people just walk away. So they go wandering and then that's when they, well, they hear they're gonna, Filch they're gonna take coming, off. Don't the they, janitor. They're going to take off, and then Neville was like, don't, you shouldn't do that. And basically, like, doesn't Hermione kind of like... Does oh, it, go around as a bossy, like, no, you shouldn't do this. Oh, it's the wizarding duel. That's why. Because Draco challenged Harry to a wizarding duel. Yeah. And he's like, meet me at, you know, midnight on the this high tower. Yeah. And so and Hermione's like, like, you should, you too, do not do that. That's wrong. You're breaking the rules. And Ron's going as Harry's second. Yeah. And so then Hermione's trailing along, shaking her finger at them. And Neville had been asleep outside the door. And he's like, I don't want to be alone. And so he follows. So the four of them that this is pre invisibility cloak. I remember now. Cause that he gets that for Christmas. From yeah. So this is why they go into the, the, into the forbidden forest. Yeah. 
No, this is why they accidentally find the trap door because they hear Filch and um, Mrs. Norris coming, the cat. Filch is the custodian. And so they're running and they're like, oh my gosh, what's here's a door. And they, I think that's when Hermione uses, oh, Loamora. Yeah. And like they get, they rush into the door to hide from Filch. And then that's when they turn around and notice this giant three headed dog. Yeah which is on a trap door. So I guess they go through a secret door. They're not supposed to be in. Yeah. And then they rush out before the dog kills them, mm-hmm. tries to, you know, eat them. And Hermione is like, well, didn't you see what it was standing on? It was yeah. on a trap door. It's guarding so, something. And that's when so take that sequence. And you know, the second time they go back to, mm-hmm. to the trap door. So they're getting ready to leave. Hermione's on board this time. Do you remember this? She's on board to go out with them. Well, that's at the the end, that's at the end. when they think that Snape is there to get the Philosopher's yeah. Stone and they have to go stop him. Yeah. So, yeah. But you remember the part where it's like Neville comes out to try to stop him? Yeah. And they stand up to him. Yeah. Well, he's well sta- he, he stand- no, he stands, he stands up, to, up them to them and Hermione petrifies Yeah. Him. She petrifies or she like leg locks or she basically full body Petrificus locks Petrificus totalis. Yeah. And he's just... Yeah. It just falls over. But Neville stood up to them, which is like, I mean, so, you won't have excellent. you losing any more points. Exactly. For Gryffindor. So excellent quote from uh, Dumbledore. Um, and this is kind of one of those things. It's like, it shows that even the if. theme in the book. Even if that like, you, you, even if you, you think that Neville doesn't belong in Gryffindor, he, mm-hmm. he definitely shows a little spark of like courageousness. Oh, and yeah. so Dumbledore does a really excellent quote about this. And so at the very end, whenever he's handing out points and things like that. And it says, and I quote, it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. Mm, and uh, so it kind of. I, just thought it, I always thought it was even more to stand up to our friends. But, but if you have the actual quote. I, I quoted it. Like I pulled it from. from I pulled it from Goodreads, which is. It, which trusty is, Goodreads. Then, yeah, it's, it's legitimate. So, yeah. So that's that's kind of one of those things that it just, uh, it just goes to show that she has these themes in there mm-hmm. throughout there. And she's, and it's really nice to see this because she, she's constantly uh, rallying. She's constantly mm-hmm. trying to show people say, Hey, you know, you don't always have to agree with your friends on everything mm-hmm. and you can stand up to them on things, but you can still be friends because after that, like in the second, third and so on, you're, yeah, Neville's Neville friends become, with them. Well, and Neville too, by he's the end like of the, the series. He's almost like a proxy fourth friend almost. Yeah. In a, in a, in a way. Yes. And by the end of the book, he's, <laughs> Pretty amazing. And Actually, yeah. He's he's Doesn't pretty he become awesome. an Auror? An Auror? Um, I don't recall if that happens, but just in the final battle of Hogwarts, what he does yeah. with the I just, Horcrux. I just, yeah, I just know he, he kills the last Horcrux, or one of the last Horcruxes. And he kills the second to last one. Yeah, I knew it was close there, but I can't remember... If he becomes an Auror or if he's actually like it goes off to be like a, a, a very um, botanist kind of... Uh, because he was, because he was really big with good plants. into the good, herbology. Good, yeah, really good with plants. But so. um, yeah, that's because you jump way to the end of the book. But the philosopher's stone, when you yeah. were talking about Neville standing up to them, that's near the end of the book. When yeah. they second time well, they go through about, the trap. Remember how I was talking about how you get they were doing all those they going through the, the tests and things like yes, that. Yes, that's that. I'm, at I'm, the end of the book. That's why I was moving. That way. I you, know. I just brought us back because we didn't explain the Philosopher's Stone, and for somebody who just is not super familiar, so they would be very lost. Jump forward again. <laughs> I mean, it just depends. 
we've already referenced they went to the Forbidden Forest when they were on detention. And that's, I think I referenced at the beginning when Harry sees the dead unicorn and yeah. Voldemort drinking its well, blood. You don't want to it all for him. You don't want to just give him everything. Yeah. Well, and then. Otherwise, there's no point for reading the book, right? The book is so good. (laughs) And especially if you've already read it in English and you're fluent in another language, read it in a second language. It's great in Spanish. It's true. Learn a lot of new words. Or just reread it again in English because you might have missed something. Exactly. Just reread it it again no matter what. I guess it's just a, for me, it's a very comforting book. If I feel Mm. bad, if I'm stressed, it's a very, it's something from my childhood. It's something that I can go back to and visualize yeah. and just calmly like uh, enjoy. Yeah. But so, but it's, it's great because throughout, you know, obviously she throws all these themes in there mm-hmm. and it's something that you can kind of, like you said, you snuggle in, like say you're, you're having kind of a, maybe it's kind of dreary outside or you just don't want to go outside like that. You can literally read it in a day if you really wanted to. And if you really wanted to, you could probably read it in a couple hours if you really push yourself, you know, but it's, it's one of those things <laughs> You know, it's one of those things that it, it's something I would love to go back and read over and over again, honestly. So, well, it's the books right upstairs. So, I, I know. And I can guarantee you it's not 900 pages. I can done guarantee For the love you. of Harry Potter. Maybe I remember I was reading that, like, she had it up to where, like, her per, the script that she had set up that she had written originally was, like, somewhere like 500 pages. And then, like, probably. 50. Well, and so. sh- the thing that I like too is even in the first book, I've referenced this before you can see all the connections, the things she's setting up that come into play in the rest of the series. And um, yeah, do you, I mean, what are the the major themes do you see in the, in the, in the book? In the book, besides we've mentioned friendship, bravery. Yeah. The thing that I always, and this is because I have friends who are English teachers, they would use Harry Potter and Star Wars and other things about as, you know, this is the hero's journey. Yeah. Like you can trace, what was it? Start with the Odyssey, like the Iliad, like they're, they have that as well, like a hero's journey. And that's kind of like Harry Potter follows that as well. Um, He does, yeah. I think another big theme is like destiny and fate also. Is there destiny or is there fate? It's like, what do you have? You know, but you have a choice in the end, but that's a huge theme throughout the entire series though. I think with Voldemort, because in the, as they get into in the later books, like Voldemort chose Harry, like there was a prophecy oh, yeah. about the one who would defeat the Dark Lord and been, two boys, two boys like born. Know, we, we'll go over that later on. In the yeah. Episode, cause that's, exactly. Because really cool two to people would have fit that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, pr- fit the prediction and Voldemort picked Harry for various, some, interesting reasons when you think yeah. about who he was as a person and what he believed. And then he picks Harry and it's kind of like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like he chose Harry and like, that was fate. Like it was fate that Harry, this had to happen. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's definitely part of it. And then the whole idea of the hero's journey, like what as Harry, you know, learns and grows and adapts. I mean, you would say that there are things that they had excellent, 
excellent life lessons or excellent mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. ideas in it that would for especially for kids especially yeah when well when and saw, two like, said, like and 12 that's a great standing age for up kind of things. you know for what you believe in and you know when neville stands up and just people who hermione is the bossy know-it-all but then be- ends up becoming one of their best friends well, she, she starts to find out that she can temper that a little bit and exactly still not compromise her integrity yeah and then yeah. like um People like Draco Malfoy, seeing him obviously painted as a bad guy, but then it's like the way he acts and how he's a bully. And I think ki- all kids, well, maybe not it. all kids, but I, I sure did like experienced being bullied when you were a kid or like yeah. some kids perhaps were the bully. And I to see that. Bully, honestly. <sighs> oh, David. <laughs> I mean, and just I'm better to, now I've gotten, I've moved out of that. Luckily so. it, um, I mean, for me to see a kid like Harry who, you know, the way he was treated by the Dursleys, especially, it's like, so if you're going through hard times, it's like he did too. And good thing to remember about Draco. It's just, I always, I figured this out a a long time after reading the book because initially you're like, oh, screw Draco, but you Mm -hmm. end up finding out a a bully that's uh, someone that's already a bully is probably been bullied by somebody else. And yeah, they just pass it on. It's exactly. like a disease almost. And you well, kind of find and, that out about his parents a little bit. Yeah. And he ends up like kind of being redeemed a bit a in bit, the yeah. end. And it um to see the characters like grow and evolve and change is really beautiful through the whole series. But in the first, I mean, it's focusing on the first book, like mm-hmm. themes you said. <sighs> Gosh. I well, know. I mean, you get all kinds of things. It's, 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 <laughs> There's it's, a lot. You know, like you said, there's there you get um, that idea of humility, mm-hmm. and, and obviously friendship is just a huge friendship thing. is a friendship big is one. Hum- humongous in this because community I even I would say the way the extent, school yeah. is like the whole idea of you know the houses. Well, it's that, something I it love. It's that. something that I think we kind of miss in our culture a little bit because in in Britain this is pretty apparently it's 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 fairly normal for you to get sent away to school. And have mm-hmm. to like have a boarding school essentially. Well, and that to me was kind of shocking as a child. Like, wait, they sleep at the school? Yeah. Wait, they live there? Mm-hmm. Like, it's that is more of a thing that would happen in college and for like elementary because they're they're starting out in like middle school, yeah, junior school, high, yeah. high school age, and to think to be at a boarding school then, mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what a boarding school was until Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, essentially, and it just to me it, was yeah. like shocking. Like, oh my gosh, they live at that school? What? But then to think of like how that would bond you to those people. But a lot of other countries do that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of an interesting kind of idea. And you think if you spend days and days with somebody, like you said, you're going to get that friendship, mm-hmm. and you're going to have that kind of curiosity and that knowledge that you build together a little bit Mm -hmm. throughout the whole thing. And it's, and you grow together. Like you said, you just end up growing together and how they make it. It's a camaraderie. Yeah. And the, the house cup, how the houses all compete. Yeah. And you know, for the house cup each year and they don't win like a prize. They just win like the trophy, but it's, it's an honor. And I think that I like too, that it's not like an extrinsic motivation thing. Like, Here's a here's a candy bar. You want a candy bar, or you want some? You want here's like, a gold coin, a gold coin, or something. It's just like here's a the brand ca- new pair in front of shoes. their head, in front of the rabbit kind of thing. But yeah, you know, all the, there's so many other themes in here that you know you harshness, you know, reality of life, like yeah. the difficulty. Harry's an orphan, mm-hmm. and like bad things happen 
to good that, people you have, and you, are, you know obviously have life that, is life you have that uh, the, the big another big thing is the savior versus the survivor kind of thing that harry has to get through because everyone mm-hmm. sees him as kind of like you'll you're 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 the savior you're, yes. you're, you're gonna save us all and he's like i just survived Mm-hmm. I just got lucky, kind of thing. And he's con- it's that's another big theme I've noticed that like he has con- he constantly has to push him push that down, mm-hmm. and he doesn't see himself as special when everyone else does. And he's just like, I'm nothing special. And yeah, well, and especially it, he's like, you it, didn't see me when Dudley was beating me. Yeah, up. <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of one of those amazing things. He's that, just you know, been she thrust kinda... into this, you know, life of fame <laughs> when it's like I don't really get this. And it's almost better too that he does go straight to Hogwarts and he's not out in like the wizarding community yeah. where people run up and howl at him. It's just all these other students. Yeah, well, he gets and, that one interaction whenever they're going into the league like, call turn. Is that Harry Potter, Mr. Harry Potter? So yeah, and, and they like, come shake up, his shake hand. his hand. They're yeah. honored, and yeah, and, and, and he you, meets Quirrell for the first and time. He's just like, who the hell are these people? And he's like, well, yeah, whatever, you know. But it's 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 one of those things that just I, I enjoy all the stuff that she's really gotten into there. And we can really like delve into it a lot more in later books too, hopefully. But. Uh, you know, we've kind of, I think we kind of fleshed out as much as we can, honestly. But oh, I mean, what we if, could do so much more, but I know, we don't need to. As opposed to, to going for like much. four hours, probably. But what yeah. are your, what are your uh, big final thoughts? Like, would you recommend this to anybody, Jackie? <laughs> um, yes. Wholeheartedly? Yes, I would. And um, my like final thoughts on it overall. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, I've already said for me, it's a very nostalgic piece that connects to my childhood. And how I felt like I could be there. And I actually, I used to tell people in high school um, when I was a senior, people would ask, well, what are you doing after high school? And I said, well, um, my letter, I'm still waiting for my letter from Hogwarts, but my backup plan is to go to Truman State University and study Spanish. Um, But I used to tell people that, and I actually think I can remember several friends who did the same. And I remember (laughs) t-shirts that said my Hogwarts letter never came or still waiting for my Hogwarts letter. Um, Yeah. And just the fact that it created that. And I know, I feel like it was big, big time for my generation, the ones who grew up reading it, but I'm seeing it now in younger generations too, that I'm teaching that are discovering this. And like, I'm very excited to share it with our son Um, that we got the big illustrated versions in Spanish that I can read with him. Um, but to me, it just, it's like, a I I just really appreciate that Rowling created this world and this magical world that is just, for me, it was always like, what's the word? It was just for imagination. Like it just was the world she created was so full of potential for me that it was like daydreaming galore to just imagine things like the book was the basis, but then to shoot off of that. And I remember my friend Adam did a fan fiction of it and had me read it. And he was so happy. And a lot of my other friends were doing fan fictions and just, just she's created this beautiful worlds that people mm -hmm, built in this like, the Potter puppet pals thing that is just <laughs> god awful hilarious. Yeah, and it just and then you get the the, the Harry Potter play and things oh, like that. Oh, I love that, that. the Harry Potter a very Potter musical. Very Potter I musical. watched that in college with Those friends, and it was so things like that are just the best. Beautiful. And you think that you know this all came from one woman thinking you know putting the time and effort into making a a, a chill or a, a young adults book. Let's say yeah. That. 
and and end up you know capturing their hearts. Definitely started so with children's. Oh, like it de- and that's the other thing. The books get mature as Harry gets mature. Yeah, and that it, to me, I just um, I mean the movies are a whole different thing. They're fine. They're okay, but the books like oh, it, it's just very Cold. comforting. Yeah, and I that's to me just the imagination. Exactly. That's what I take away from it. The imagination and just the excitement that I see new, you know, young kids now getting into it. Mm-hmm. And one of my students was rewatching, she was watching the movies on her Chromebook at yeah. the end of class. And she was just so excited. And a girl next to her was like, what is that? And she didn't know what Harry Potter was. And this girl was like, Oh my God. And had like to, just, was going in and explaining it. In, yeah. yeah. And it's like, for me, just thinking about sharing it with our son and seeing how it, you know, can live on in the generations. I feel like it is a classic. So I love it. So I have a lot of the same sense. What are, what are your so, final thoughts? Well, See, that's I mean, polite. Is that it's called sharing kind of bringing, yeah, sorry, in, I need so. to ask you. My, no, my final thoughts are very similar as well. You know, it's just like, obviously this is something from our childhood. I didn't have the same, I don't think I had the same amount of love for it as you did initially, but I definitely grew into it as I got older uh, because I found out there was so much more out there involving this world than just, you know, Harry Potter. There were so many other characters you can go into. Like I really got really interested into it whenever I read the uh, Fantastic Beasts and I found out and where to find them book, which is a small kind of like companion book. And that was pretty recently, actually, probably within the last five years mm-hmm. that I really got excited. And you started to learn about all the American, the American school uh, of uh, wizardry, which I can't remember what it's called. It's called uh, Never Morning. Uh, and it's if, uh, ever morning. Is it ever morning? Is it like I V E R? Ever morning. Yeah, Ilvermorning? something Maybe. like that. Yeah, something like that. But and then you find out a little bit more about the history and things like that. And it's it's very very fun to like really delve into the mythology of all this stuff. But mm-hmm. like you said, it's it's something. It's looking at it. It's it's something that I I love enough that I or like you said I want to give it to our son and let him enjoy it. Much like you know people do with Star Wars and other things like that. It's one of those things that you, you just hope that, you know, you can pass along to as many people as possible. So, mm-hmm. and, and on that note, I want to end with a wonderful quote. Um, hopefully you'll enjoy this. Um, and this is but one by uh, Mr. Al, our Professor Albus Dumbledore, end quote. One can never have enough socks, said Dumbledore. Another Christmas has come and gone and I didn't get a single pair. People will insist on giving me books. <laughs> so that is probably one of my favorite quotes of all time in the in that up there with the song that they did so one will people will insist on giving me books dumbledore is he is a very good character so he's wonderful and on that note jackie i just want to say thank you for coming in and 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 reliving our childhood a little bit <laughs> or in, indulging my me in your childhood a little bit and and Hopefully, like I said, this is the start of, I know we've started a couple different series. We did, you know, Miyazaki series we've done, mm-hmm. uh, that Dresden file series. And now this is the second, the third series we're going to be starting. We're kind of, I think we're going to round robin these three, hopefully. <laughs> and, and Lots and to talk about with all of those. All of them. And luckily this is a lot of material in there we can go in and move in and out of. Yeah, so. I mean, you're, I mean, we're set for like three years probably. Oh dear God! It's <laughs> a lot, but depends on how much you want to talk. Yeah, how much energy we have after after this little one comes. So, but anyways, so oh, uh, I know. 
But anyways, I just want to say thanks again for coming in. And um, again, everybody, if you want to listen to more of our episodes, just hit us up on Spotify or any of your favorite podcasting apps. Just look for Seriously Pointless Conversations about culture. Or if you have any questions or concerns, just hit us up on Facebook or at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. Again, Jackie, thanks for coming by. And uh, we're going to get out of here. All right. Have a good week. All right, guys. Goodbye. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps, or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.